Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice and clean, execute our race for a delicate position. Got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and try to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Matt Grafton crosses the start-finish line. He is the 2019 NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series champion. And it's always been really sweet to go to Homestead and win the championship there. But to be able to do it in Phoenix... That's where, I mean, I won my first Southwest Tour. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Xfinity, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud partner of NASCAR. By Whelan, on the road, in the air, and around the world. Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. By Hercules Tires, right on our strength. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we are gearing up for the round of eight for the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and the NASCAR Cup Series. Have that to talk about and a whole lot more, including a brand new team that's been fired up with Justin Marks at the controls. We'll chat with Justin about starting his cup team that will take to the track next season in 2021, beginning with Speed Week at Daytona. Matt Crafton of the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series is going to stop by. He'll talk Truck Series playoffs. We're going to look ahead to the round of eight for the Cup Series. And with the 2020 season almost at a close, we're going to talk some silly season, what we know so far, and what could still happen, plus a lot more on top of that. But to get us going here, we check the latest in NASCAR news with the host of NASCAR Today, Midday, Kyle Ricky. Kyle, what's happening across NASCAR Nation? It was a big weekend at the Charlotte Roval as Chase Elliott won his fifth road course race of his career. He now has nine wins in the Cup Series, and road courses count for more than half of them. Almost bigger news than Elliott winning was the four drivers who were eliminated from the playoffs. Chief among them, Kyle Busch. The two-time champion is the first reigning champ in the elimination era to not advance beyond the round of 12 the year after his championship. Busch is also winless on the season, something that hasn't happened since he started full-time in the Cup Series in 2005. Obviously disappointed with being eliminated, 
Bush said post-race he isn't sure his team can even win a race. Yeah, there's certainly been times this year where I've thought, man, there's something wrong with me. I'm, I'm not doing it right. I don't know what I'm doing or um, car's not quite right or I'm not trusting what the car's really doing and telling me so I should just drive it harder and then I'm crashed. So um, I, I don't know what, what to think, but certainly it would be nice to, uh, to score a win and to have a win uh, for this year, that, that would be the only consolation prize for, for the way this year has gone. But um, to answer your other question about how we've been running, do we, do we even have a shot to win? I don't think we even have a shot. As the series moves to Kansas this weekend, a track Denny Hamlin won at earlier this year and is going for three in a row there. Six of the eight playoff drivers have scored at least one win on the 1.5-mile track. Only Kurt Busch and Alex Bowman have not. For more playoff stories and the latest in NASCAR news, head to MRN.com. I'm Kyle Rickey. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll cover what we know so far in the silly season discussion. And later, Steve Post and Dave Moody join me as we discuss what pieces still need to fall into that silly season puzzle. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Wild ride starts at NASCAR's Lady in Black. And for 16 drivers, it's all or nothing the rest of the way. Fighting off elimination at the greatest tracks in the show. Threading the needle to the big one. Fighting for the right to duel in the desert. Everything possible, nothing guaranteed. Yes, please. The NASCAR Playoffs, presented by GEICO, this Sunday at Kansas on NBC. We'll cover everything we know so far about Silly Season next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina, is redefining the drive through coffee game in Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is fast, friendly, and delicious. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature lattes and mochas, custom-flavored infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. You can also order our signature Clutch Coffee beans online and have them shipped directly to you. Go to clutchcoffeebar.com or visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road and 154 West Plaza Drive. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar. For more than 80 years, Detroit Diesel has been the legendary driving force powering Freightliner and Western Star trucks across North America. Through our state-of-the-art Detroit technologies and components and safety systems, we've earned our customers' trust as a reliable business partner dedicated to improving their bottom line. It's no wonder they continue to depend on Detroit to keep them safe and efficient on the road. When you demand it all, demand Detroit. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Silly season for 2021 is in full swing. We know a lot of it already, but there are still parts that are missing. MRN's Jeff Striegel is here with a reminder of what's already been announced. 
As the NASCAR Cup Series gets closer to crowning the 2020 champion, the puzzle pieces of silly season are slowly falling into place. And while there are still big holes in the picture, here is what we do know so far. Here's Boyer to the bottom. He's got the whole shot in turn three. Clint Boyer to the lead on lap 284. The most recent name to confirm his 2021 plans is Clint Boyer after 16 years in the sport. Clint announced he's retiring from full-time racing and moving to the broadcast booth with Fox next year. Clint has 10 wins and is the 2008 Xfinity Series champion. He's leaving an open seat at Stuart Haas Racing. But it is old Daniel Suarez heading for three. Daniel Suarez has had a rough year in a number 96 Gaunt Brothers racing car. He has had no top fives or top tens, which is the first year in his full-time NASCAR career to have that happen across all three series. It came as no surprise he announced he's joining the Trackhouse Entertainment Group for 2021 to drive the number 99 Chevrolet. Checkered flag in the air and Alex Bowman has won the Auto Club 400 at the Auto Club Speedway of Southern California. Alex Bowman has proven over the last few years that his growth as a competitor is rising with his wins and making it to the round of eight this season. With Jimmy Johnson retiring after this season, a lot of speculation around what Hendrick Motorsports might do with the number 48 and who would get behind the wheel. HMS announced in early October that Alex Bowman would move from the 88 to the number 48 in 2021, and that still leaves an open seat at Hendrick. Final time down the back straight away for Daryl Bubba Wallace on his way to victory lane. Checkered flag in the air. After becoming a major player for NASCAR in 2020 and moving the conversation about inclusivity forward in the sport, Bubba Wallace announced he was leaving Richard Petty Motorsports after this year. Just a few weeks later, the big announcement came that he was joining Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan and their new Cup Series team for 2021. No announcement on who will drive the legendary number 43 next year. Ross Chastain leading the pack. Does anyone have anything for him? No. Alba Florida's Ross Chastain wins in Daytona. After competing in all three NASCAR National Series for a number of years, Ross Chastain and Chip Ganassi announced that they would be together in 2021, taking over the number 42 that has been driven this year by Matt Kenseth. Eric Jones, solid when it matters the most. He'll float the car into turn number three. Eric Jones leaving Joe Gibbs Racing was announced in early August after an up-and-down season. JGR has already said Christopher Bell will move from Levine Family Racing and take over the number 20. Jones is still a free agent and hasn't announced his plans for next year as of yet. There are still a few drivers who haven't landed anywhere. Ty Dillon and Corey LaJoy among them. And there are seats that are still open. Stuart Haas Racing has one. Richard Petty Motorsports has one, and so does Hendrick Motorsports. The music will be stopping soon for this season's game of musical chairs. And there's still a lot of unknowns. Thank you, Jeff. Coming up, Steve Post and Dave Moody will join me. We'll talk more silly season, and later we'll look into the round of eight for the NASCAR Cup Series. Seven-point reinforced nylon harness. Check. Carbon fiber head and neck restraint. Check. 
thermoplastic nylon window webbing. Check. NASCAR uses innovative technology to protect their drivers. Shouldn't you do the same to protect your Wi-Fi network? With Xfinity XFi Advanced Security, your XFi Gateway safeguards all the devices on your home network. So if it's connected, it's protected. Wi-Fi security? Check. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Visit Xfinity.com to learn more. The playoffs are finally underway, and NASCAR today is ready to keep you in contention. Turns out I kind of like that spot. <laughs> it worked out pretty well. Each weekday, we'll bring you the drivers making a difference as they fight to make the championship four in Phoenix. If you're already looking at the round eight, you got to get there first. Join me, Woody Kane, as we keep an ear to the ground to let you know what drivers are thinking. Clean up these mistakes. My God, we've made a lot of mistakes this year. That's NASCAR Today, right here, every weekday. A lively discussion about the latest few pieces in the silly season puzzle yet to land next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There, you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Now we're uh, easy top 10 car. Before you dive into the race weekend, get up to speed with MRN Out Loud. That is what makes an extraordinary team. I'm Woody Kane, inviting you to join me every Thursday as we talk to NASCAR drivers and crew chiefs about the coming weekend's race. There, there's a lot that we've been working on. And let you know when and where to hear MRN's coverage from the track. It's one of the older race surfaces we go to. Gear up for the race when you catch MRN Out Loud streaming every Thursday at MRN.com or wherever great podcasts are found. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. So glad you're with us for our weekly get-together. We heard a moment ago from Jeff Striegel talking about the silly season portion of 2020, setting us up for 2021. Let's bring in MRN turn announcer Dave Moody and MRN pit reporter Steve Post to get into a little silly season dissection. Gentlemen, welcome to NASCAR Live. Thanks, Baggy. Following Jeff Striegel talking about silly, that's like, uh, I don't know that we can, uh, Posty, I don't know that we can clear that high bar. Yeah, that's a high bar. That's an expert on the subject of silly for sure. Speaking of of high bars to clear, it looks like we're going to have a gentleman joining the broadcasting ranks here in 2021, Clint Boyer, out of the 14 car and going into the Fox booth. Any indications that you have of perhaps maybe who would climb behind the wheel of that 14 car? Posty, I'll start with you. Yeah, you know, the 14 car, we, we, we've speculated that Clint is going to be stepping out of this car. And I think that, uh, I, I don't think this is breaking news or a big shocker. I, I think it's confirmation of what many had suspected along the way. And, and, and my understanding on it is what I'm hearing is they're not going to look far from Stuart Haas racing. Uh, there's some other drivers out there that, 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 are, that are certainly in the mix. But when you, when you look at what Chase Briscoe has done in the Xfinity series, he's done everything asked of him. And I just, I just think, I, I think it's an awful tough call not to put him in the car after what he's accomplished this year in the Xfinity series. Well, my thing is, is that who is better? I mean, he, he called a shot at the beginning of the year saying that he felt that eight cup wins or eight Xfinity wins would set him up for riding the cup series. David, I'm hard pressed to, 
come up with somebody who's got a better finishing result this year to go in that car. Well, and you know, when he said that preseason, that, that he thought eight wins would get him into the cup conversation, I, I know a lot of people, and I'll, I'll cop a plea, myself included, kind of rolled our eyes and said, yeah, okay, kid, eight Xfinity wins, you, you, you had fun with that. And here he is, and we've got a handful left, and he's at that, that eight-win mark. There's no doubt about it that Ford Performance has put a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of money into developing this young man. He's a huge talent, and I just can't imagine him not getting his crack at this point. Speaking of a huge talent and a fan favorite, I know that Matt DiBenedetto fans were rejoicing when the word came out that he was staying in the 21 with an exit strategy in 2022 that would make it uh, possible for Austin Cindric to drive that race car. I know Matt Benedetto fans were on the edge of their seats and on the edge and ledges of other places. It seems like that they've been reined in and talked back in from those ledges and edges. At least for the next 12 months, yes. And, and you know, I, I, a lot of that decision, or at least some of it, I, I think had to do with the fact that that you just don't wait until the middle of October to tell a guy that he's headed for the bread line, that he's going to be unemployed. And I think, you know, Team Penske was cognizant of that. Wood Brothers Racing was cognizant of that. Uh, you know, Ford Performance was cognizant of that. There's a right way to do these kind of things, and it is a business after all. There's a right way to do it, and there's a not-so-right way to do it. And cutting a guy, a, a wildly popular guy like Matt Benedetto, loose when there's virtually nothing else out there for him at this 11th hour, that's a tough way to do business. And I think what they decided to do to keep him for another year was a really nice compromise. I agree. I agree with that totally. I think, um, and I think this gives every race car driver in the world wants an opportunity to win races, no matter what level they're at. Street stocks at your local racetrack or cup series drivers on this level. And Matt DiBenedetto now has a year to do that. This has been a rough year. We've talked about this so much across the board with the pandemic and lack of practice and new teams and new combinations. And so Matt has done well. He made the playoffs, but he didn't get that win. Here's the beauty for Matt Benedetto. okay? He may be out of the Wood Brothers ride to the end of next year, but he can create his resume in a winning race car with that Wood Brothers number 21. Hey, first and foremost, getting the Wood Brothers, that, fam that famous team, win number 100. That'd be the next one that he does. So this is a great situation for Matty D because the, the world is – if we're sitting here a year and he doesn't have a win – well, then, then maybe it is time for him to move on and consider other, other things as far as options go. Speaking of considering other things and other options, we've got drivers on the move that Jeff told us about that have opened up opportunities for some others. Bubba Wallace going to the Michael Jordan-Denny Hamlin effort. That leaves the 43 car open. And then Alex Bowman going to take the wheel of the 48, which leaves the 88 or some field, the five car open. And Kyle Larson's name has been mentioned several times, Postman. I know he's been he's been taking it to him on the dirt tracks. Can he can he find his way back to paved ovals and road courses in the Cup Series? Yeah, talk about building a resume. My gosh, on the dirt tracks, he's ran 81 races and he's won 41 of them. 
I mean, 500 batting average in baseball is spectacular. It's unheard of in, in racing. And he's, and he's racing World of Outlaw sprint cars and midgets and dirt late models and everything across the board. So he certainly has done that, uh, built, built that resume up in this, in this year away. But yeah, I am hearing an awful lot of talk of him back in the camp with Chevrolet <laughs> and over to Rick Hendrick in, in an 88 or a 5 or, or, or some combination over there. And, and I, just, I just feel like that they're, they're working their way through. He, he wrote a really nice, I guess, op-ed or, or piece uh, explaining where he's been at, what he's been doing. He, is, he has worked his way through his, his misstep earlier this year uh, and, and trying to work on being a better citizen. And uh, we, we love a good comeback story. We love a good redemption story. Uh, and, 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 and I think Kyle Larson might be in line for that, and it might be over at Hendrick Motorsports and one of those Chevy Camaros. Do you agree, Dave, a second chance perhaps in the offing for Kyle? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I think he's done, he's done everything that's been asked of him and a lot more. He's, he's invested his own time, his own effort, his own money into traveling around the country and really getting a, a firsthand personal grasp on the damage that, that he did when he used that word. And he issued, I thought, a very heartfelt apology. Postman mentioned it. And it, you know, it wasn't one of those stereotypical public relations, sorry if your feelings got hurt when you misunderstood me type of apologies. It was, I understand what I did. I understand that I was wrong. It's never going to happen again. And here's why. And, you know, we all know that uh, Chevrolet severed their ties with him immediately after the controversy broke. But, you know, bridges can be rebuilt, fences can be mended, and I hear, like Postman hears, that he is uh, most likely, almost certainly going to be the next guy at Hendrick Motorsports. Final driver that we'll touch on in this segment before we move on to the round of eight and, what, and, and what's about to happen here as we try to crown a champion. You know, Eric Jones is doing what he's supposed to be doing as well. He's got four top ten finishes in a row but the business model and the business nature of this sport has taken him out of the 20 car. Christopher Bell goes in. What are the tea leaves read? What's the scuttlebutt about Eric Jones and his potential future? A driver that obviously has success. He's won races and obviously is proving at this very moment that, that he can run up front. Dave, I'll start with you. There just aren't a lot of, a lot of chairs left in the game of musical chairs right now, Mike, and the music is beginning to fade. It hasn't stopped yet, but it's definitely beginning to fade. Obviously, there's an opening in the 43 car at Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, you know, there are some other openings out there. The 32 Go Fast Racing Ride is open. Uh, with all due respect, though, to those two race teams, none of them, uh, neither of them squares up with Joe Gibbs Racing. And you know, Eric Jones, I feel for him because I think you know, he's the heir apparent to the Daniel Suarez wrong place, wrong time fortune this year. He's, he's just the guy that got caught out by a really bad combination of circumstances, none of them his own doing. I, nobody wanted to, to get rid of Eric Jones. It was a decision that had to be made. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the insight on Silly Season. But now let's move this forward. We've still got four races to go here in 2020. The round of eight is next. On the other side of the break, we'll break down the round of eight and the key players who are trying to become 2020 NASCAR Cup Series champions. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network.
Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Rusty Wallace here for Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief. This pain cream is the official pain cream of NASCAR for a reason. It works fast and you won't stink. There's no messy, greasy, nasty feel or any stinging or burning here. This is pure pain relief. Don't run your engine on Octane 89. Get the good stuff and meet me in Victory Lane. Blue Emu works fast and you won't stink. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. The Xfinity fastest lap in Sunday's race at the Charlotte Roval was turned in by Chase Elliott with a speed of 98.028 miles an hour. He did it on lap 91. The Xfinity fastest lap is brought to you by Xfinity. That wasn't just fast. That was Xfinity fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. We're talking the playoffs. Round of eight next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit on MAV-TV. I'm Donnie Schatz, and you're watching Wing Nation. Saturdays at 7.30 and 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. This is Brad Doty, and you're watching Wing Nation. This is Steve Post. Join Ashley Strummy and I as we talk to the biggest names in wing sprint car racing. This is Terry McCarlin. This is Danny Dietrich. This is Brian Brown. This is Greg Wilson. I'm Sheldon Hanschild. You're watching Wing Nation. This is Brent Marks, and you're watching Wing Nation on MAV-TV. Wing Nation, Saturday mornings on MAV-TV. I'm Darren Pittman, and you're watching Wing Nation on MAV-TV. Jeff Gordon has come from virtually nowhere. He's one of NASCAR's all-time greats. For the 93rd time in his career. A pioneering champion. Be at the right place at the right time. The kid who took on the good old boys and changed NASCAR. We started to go toe-to-toe from Earnhardt. MRN presents a 10-part podcast series that traces Jeff Gordon's rise to NASCAR legend. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. Available now at MRN.com and your favorite podcast source. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're back on NASCAR Live. Got a busy weekend of racing coming your way this weekend at Kansas Speedway. It's a quadruple header. We'll have the Arkham Menard Series. We've got the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series, the Xfinity, and the Cup Series racing all at Kansas Speedway. Dave Moody and Steve Post continue on with me now. Gentlemen, let's break down the round of eight for the Cup Series. You got Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott. They are in. The four that are on the outside looking in as we head to Kansas and begin this round of eight include Joey Logano, Martin Truex Jr., Alex Bowman, and Kurt Busch. The spread is wide, but what about the favors of who could potentially kick their weekend off to a good start? Dave, I'll begin with you. What's your gut telling you about the Hamlin Harvick train that's going steamrolling into Kansas this weekend. Well, there, there, there's no question about that, that, that they continue to, they continue to be the two locomotives with the most coal on board. Let's put it that way. They, they have won more races by far than anybody else. And, and I see nothing that indicates that they're not going to continue to do so. The real interest for me comes at the other end of the broadcast 
the, the bracket, the guys that, that just barely made it in, that had to scratch and claw and fight the Kurt Bushes and the Alex Bowmans of the world. You know, on, on Sunday, it's congratulations, guys. Mission accomplished. You did it. And they got to celebrate for about three minutes. And then the realization hits that now all you've earned is a chance to go and fight an even tougher battle. Because, uh, you know, with, with every elimination, the, the, the competition gets tougher and tougher and tougher. You know, and for Kurt Busch to win his way in on the last round was a huge achievement. And he may just have to do it again. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that fascinates me about it is we don't have to look far back to see the formula. We look at the last round and Kurt won, which, by the way, was an intermediate track which, by the way, the first two races, Kansas and Texas, are intermediate tracks. So if you're Kurt Busch, you're looking at that and saying, yeah, that's good. And, and Dave, I agree, while the end of the round of 12, congratulations, Kurt did have a couple weeks to savor that win. And they did have a little time while everyone was worried about Talladega madness and Robo madness. Kurt was kind of chilled out. So I'm going to be fascinated to see how that, that team particularly performs at Kansas and see what they bring to the table there. We're, 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 it, it's, it's going to be critical for him to, to really do well or even win a race to get to the next round. But he did it just the most recent time we were at an intermediate track. Postman, I'll stay with you. Is it me or is Brad Keselowski the most silent one here going into the round of eight? He's not set the world on fire, but he's not been bad either. Good enough to be 13 points above the cut, the third seed entering the round of eight. Yeah, you know, we've spent so much time focusing on the 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 Hamlin-Harvick uh, train that we talked about a little bit earlier. And I think Brad, especially when he came out of Richmond, like, uh, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm here except for, well, I don't need you talking about me. Let me just go do my job and do my thing. What I've always been impressed about Brad is he, he rarely takes himself out of a race. And so when we get to the end of these races, he puts himself in a spot where the next thing you know, he's up front and leading races. You know, he's, he's third on the win list this season. He's been so solid. And we don't consider him in that elite category. But, uh, you know, one more win, and he is alive and well when we go to Phoenix. Well, and that's the case with Martin Truex Jr. You could almost put him year after year into the category of my demise has been greatly exaggerated. He's 10 points below the cut. A lot of championship four brackets have been busted by Kyle Busch not making it to this point. Could there potentially be disappointment if MTJ doesn't make it there considering two prominent Toyota teams, Dave, would not make it? Where do you land on the MTJ effort right now? Well, it, it certainly could happen. There's no question about it. And, you, you know, Martin Truex Jr.'s playoffs and his season in general really are proof of, of, you know, what I've said for a long time in this game. You don't have to be far off to be far off. The margin between winning races hand over fist, the way Harvick and Hamlin have been able to do this year, and coming just that close but only winning once, it's not very much at all. And, as a result, Martin Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, they're all right there, and the potential is there to find just that tiny little bit that will put them over the top and make them real contenders for the championship. But, but you know, Posty, we've been waiting for the last six months for somebody to step up and say, yeah, okay, Harvick and Hamlin, but me too. And so far, nobody really has been able to make that step. Yeah, and I think that's where I fall with Martin Truex Jr. because I think he was probably in my category or my most likely to do that category, and he only has the one win. <clears throat> one win was at Martinsville, which, oh, by the way, 
is coming up as part of this round. So I agree with you. I think that their I think the performance has been, I agree, just off a little tick. The challenge with this round of eight is off a little tick may get you booted out. That's the challenge with it. A couple of underdog stories that um, I'm highlighting. I, I guess you could call it an underdog story. Chase Elliott. He's not set the world on fire, but he's got three wins. He's coming off a win in the Roval and coming up on some tracks where they do quite well. And I would say Alex Bowman is in that mix as well, considering his move to the 48 team next year, the events of the week about his anxiety situation and a lot of fans rallying to his defense. I would say that there's probably some fans of the 88 uh, car that are going to come out of the woodwork and wish him all the best. Question is, Postman, does he have the car enough to get not only to the cut line, but above it, either at Kansas or Texas the following week in preparations for our trip to Martinsville, which is the penultimate race of the season. Yeah, and I think that's the challenge. And when we started the season, remember, we went to Auto Club Speedway, and he, he was so stout out there. And you said, okay, he is back. The Camaro is back. Hendrick is back. We're all back. They're going to be factors. Then we went into quarantine, and, yeah, Chase Elliott's had some moments but not really spectacular moments. And Alex has had some good runs, but not spectacular runs. So I, I think they've got to pick up their performance if he can create one of those moments. And I agree, he's not that far off. So we're not talking about a, a, a huge uptick. We're talking about just a small pickup. But Dave, I think that uh, I, I think that we're still, we still need to see a little bit better performance out of a guy like Alex Bowman. Yeah, I talked to his crew chief, Greg Ives, yesterday, and he readily admits that Kansas is critical for them. Martinsville has been kind of a weak link. Short tracks in general have been a, a, a bit of a chink in their armor. They do not want to go to Martinsville needing to do something spectacular or, God forbid, in a must-win situation because it's probably, based on past performance, not going to happen for them. So I think for Alex Bowman in particular, a fast start to this round is critical. And I'm not sure what to think about Chase Elliott unless they can find a way to squeeze another road course into this thing you know I I think he's back to looking you know he's back to Clark Kent again instead of Superman for the next four races the round of eight Kansas Speedway Texas Motor Speedway Martinsville Speedway then we'll reset it again and the top four will run for the title at Phoenix Raceway looking forward to seeing you boys at Kansas pack you long John's gonna be a little crisp out there at night and very pleasant during the day it's gonna be awesome that time of year, baby. Bring it on. Bring on the barbecue, baby. Bring on the barbecue. Never met a person on the MRN crew that would turn that down. Gentlemen, safe travels. We'll talk to you this weekend in Kansas. We'll visit with you as there, and uh, all the best. We'll see you out there soon. That's Dave Moody. Steve Post, part of the broadcasting crew for this weekend's Hollywood Casino 400. The kickoff to the round of eight live coverage right here on the Motor Racing Network begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. 
Thompson part. Oh, there you are. This has been the sounds of the old world. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Three-time and defending Truck Series champion Matt Crafton joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. NASCAR local, regional, and international racing. Grassroots racing. From the short tracks of America to the road courses of Europe and Mexico. I'm Kyle Rickey. Join Hannah Newhouse and me for NASCAR Coast to Coast. Presented by Whelan and Hercules Tires. Each week on the Motor Racing Network, we'll talk with the race winners, newsmakers, and grassroots racing personalities. NASCAR Coast to Coast on the Motor Racing Network. Check out MRN.com for a podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races. Here they come. They're crashing in the back at the line. Mike Skinner wins it. Some wild moments. Brendan Gaughan gets turned around and slams hard into the inside retaining wall. And the stories that go with them. We lost the championship, but there was a lot of ugly things that went on behind the scenes. And a lot of friendships, actually, to this day. Download the shows for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. Whelan would like to congratulate Chase Elliott and his number nine Hendrick Motorsports pit crew for the win at the Charlotte Roval. They are the Whelan pit crew of the week. Midway through the event, the team pulled together after a pit road miscue. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. The end result is a setback, and that's really the bottom line. So blaming or being upset uh, as much as sometimes you might want to be, it really is unproductive. So just really looking ahead, you know, those guys weren't cussing me when I ran through the barrier over there, so I wasn't going to cuss them for a mistake either. And, and I think that we just need to keep our eyes forward, heads down, and focus on trying to get back up front and have a shot to win. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. Let's shift the conversational gears here for a moment. And let's, uh, let's dive over into the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series. They begin their round of eight at Kansas this weekend. And MRN's Woody Kane spent some time with veteran Matt Crafton as he is going for back-to-back championships and championship number four. We're joined now by former Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series champ Matt Crafton now as we get ready to head to Kansas. And I say former, Matt, because you're right in the thick of it this year, headed to Kansas where you won last time we were there. With the reset button being pushed, man, you got to kind of feel like this is a whole new lease on life. And after winning there earlier, you got something for these guys. Oh, absolutely. Uh, That middle part of the season was really good for us. We had a lot of speed. We finished fourth in the first race, then the doubleheader, and then we won there. And then right before that, we had went on that stretch of top three finishes at Kansas or Kansas. Kentucky and Texas so had a lot of momentum going there and our mile and a half program is very good right now so really looking forward to that so Matt the other thing about that Kansas race we mentioned it it broke a long drought for you guys how challenging was that stretch where you still had speed at certain places but you just couldn't seem to get the brakes or get you know be as consistent as you had been before how challenging was that for you I mean you've done this before and every racer goes through bad stretches I mean, I, I had to give you guys something to talk about. I mean, it can't be. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it wore you out just having to listen to you guys more than it was to listen and, and have to deal with yourself on the whole deal. Because, I mean, every week it wasn't, I mean, oh, you've been running really good lately. It's been, 
oh, you know, it's been this long since you winters. Yes, I know it's been that long. I, I sleep with it every night. So <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I'm glad I got to finally shut everybody up again. So let's talk about the rest of this round. You also have Texas and Martinsville, another mile and a half in Texas, although it's different than it used to be. But style-wise of these tracks, it seems like it fits you guys pretty well. How do you see it? Yeah, it, it, in the past, Texas hadn't, like, well, in the past, an old racetrack, it was really good for us. We've got some cowboy hats to prove that. But the, the new racetrack, at first, it didn't like, like us at all. And in last year and the first race this year, we really, really ran well. I think we finished third and was, I mean, had a lot of speed. So really looking forward to going there as well, Martinsville. I know we've got some grandfather clocks to know that we've ran good there as well. So the next, the next three, I've got a lot of confidence going in. Phoenix is – I've won race there in late models. I've never won a truck race there. I came close. I've led a lot of laps there. So if if we go to Phoenix and we can make it to Phoenix, they'll have their hand full with us. I, I bet they will. In fact, I saw some social media stuff of you uh, from the old Southwest tour back in the day when you were a young, fresh-faced kid just getting started. You're telling started. me I'm not young and fresh-faced anymore? <laughs> well, look, I'm not either. You see all this gray in here, right? We're in the same boat right now. Amen. But that has to bring back a lot of memories for you, that, that, whole, that whole experience. Oh, absolutely. It, it, you know how sweet it would be? I mean, it's always been really sweet to go to Homestead and win championship there. But to be able to do it in Phoenix, that's where, I mean, I won my first Southwest tour championship my only southwest tour championship and that's close to the west coast as we get and i had a lot of friends and family a lot of friends in phoenix and to be able to do it in front of there all the history i've had there my dad's raced there for so long and i think mid 80s when i first time i went there about 85 86 i remember going there i have pictures of my dad racing there when it was actually guardrail around it i have pictures of my dad's car lined up on the front straightaway with a guardrail fence around the place so and that just shows at least i wasn't driving then <laughs> and then at that point then i'm really old but uh i just have a lot of really awesome memories about that place and just be really sweet to be able to say we won a championship at phoenix Thank you, Woody. Coming up, Justin Marks joins us after announcing his new Cup Series team. And later, we've got another 48 Stories. I'm Mary Oliver. I live in Ankeny, Iowa. I've paid into Social Security with every paycheck. We depend on it. So it's absolutely frightening when Senator Ernst talks about gutting Social Security behind closed doors. I have talked about privatizing Social Security. Joni Ernst looks out for Wall Street. She would put our retirement at risk. I am extremely disappointed in Joni Ernst. She's just not for us. Teresa Greenfield is tough enough to stand up for people like me. She would not back down. I'm Teresa Greenfield. Social Security is something we've all earned after a lifetime of hard work. So when I see Washington politicians take millions from Wall Street and then threaten to privatize and cut Social Security, I say no way. I'll be fighting to sustain Social Security for generations to come. I'm Teresa Greenfield, running for Senate, and I approved this message. Paid for by Teresa Greenfield for Iowa. A brand new Cup Series team for Justin Marks is coming next season. A conversation with him is coming up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. The voice of NASCAR.
Wing Sprint Cars. That's what we talk about on Wing Nation, presented by Hercules Tire. I'm Steve Post. Join Aaron Everham and me Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time as we talk with race winners and newsmakers from dirt tracks across America. From the world of outlaws to your local track, we cover the greatest show on dirt. Join us live Tuesday on Facebook Live or wingnation.com or catch our Tuesday and Thursday podcasts on YouTube or your favorite podcast provider. Wing Nation, your home for Wing Sprint Car Talk. Hi, folks. Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics. Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway. Racing Electronics has scanners and headphones. We can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. A big part of the silly season discussion we were just having is Trackhouse Entertainment. Justin Marks is starting a brand new cup team. Daniel Suarez will drive the car. And our own Kyle Ricky sat down with Justin to talk about what lies ahead. Justin, first off, thank you for joining us here on MRN. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, let's walk us through uh, the last, I guess, couple of months uh, in, in leading up to the announcement recently uh, that uh, you are forming a team for the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season. Um, kind of walk us through how this whole process started for you. Well, I mean, honestly, it's been over a year. It's been more like a year and a half since since kind of the seeds were really planted on, on starting this track house company. And, and you know, it, it, the, it all kind of started really when – it, this was something that I always wanted to do, but the barriers of entry in the sport were just so high that from a business standpoint, it just didn't make a lot of sense without, without, you know, having to spend a ridiculous amount of personal capital just to give yourself a shot to compete. And so I kind of had it on the shelf for a couple of years, but honestly, when NASCAR started talking about this new car, that that's when the light bulb really went off in my head. And I thought that there was, you know, th- this is sort of that inflection point in the sport that's going to start building a real business case to come in and, and get involved from an ownership standpoint because, you know, it's going to create, I think, a bit of a more even playing field, um, you know, in the sport. So you're not sort of constantly um, being outspent. You know, I think that element will still be there, but I think I think money alone isn't going to sort of buy speed um, with this new car as much as it traditionally had. So, you know, a, a number of other things, you know, with this new car presented some really interesting opportunities. I mean, started to think really outside of the box about what kind of a next generation race team would look like also around this new car. And so that just started the conversations early about, you know, kind of putting a business plan together, a rollout strategy, um, sort of a long-term strategy and start to figure out what that looks like. And, and pretty early, pretty early on in the process, I started working with Ty Norris, who's got a lot of, a lot of experience in this business, has run two major organizations, has been in the sport for a long time. So I was able to, you know, lean on his experience and, and let him get, get me in front of the right people and then us to sort of build this team together. So it really ramped up, um, you know, this spring. I'll back up a minute and, and, and explain, you know, when, when the next-gen car got delayed a year, it didn't necessarily stop our stride because I think the structure that we built – and how we were going to roll this team out from an operational standpoint, from a capital allocation standpoint, that car getting delayed didn't necessarily hurt us that much because of how, how closely we we're going to partner with, with another organization, um, which was sort of the plan all along anyway. So 
when we decided, you know, we're going to commit to 2021 and we're going to get going, things really ramped up in the spring when we basically had to go shopping for charters. And it was very, very stressful. It was a bumpy ride. Um, but we ultimately in the 11th hour was able to get, um, to get one onboarded and then, you know, bring Daniel on and, and build track house and get rolling. Let's talk about Daniel for a moment. Obviously has found a lot of success in this sport at all levels. The, uh, the old K&N series, the trucks, NASCAR Mexico series, the Xfinity series, and obviously Cup. How did that partnership come together with you and Daniel Suarez? Yeah, we had a we had a pretty short list of guys, honestly, uh, when we started thinking about drivers. But but you know, I think more than anything, we we just we had a sort of a, a list of assets that the driver that we hired was going to have to have. Um, and you know, when we sort of looked at that list and and kind of determined, you know, who who's got these these couple of, of assets that we really really need. Um, that list got a little bit shorter. Um, we landed on Daniel for really a number of reasons. A, he's an incredibly talented driver. And, you know, I raced against him in 2016 in the Xfinity series in his championship season. And, and he was incredible to watch. I mean, he, he out, he out raced Kyle Busch and to a win at Michigan, he was, he was incredibly fast at Dover, which is a real driver's racetrack and a number of other um, places. So, you know, so th that was important to us too. You know he's got 100 now today 139 starts in the nascar cup series um so he's got experience at the top level and he knows what it takes to compete he's driven for two major organizations he's driven for two oems um and now he's you know he's in in, in sort of an underfunded sort of i don't want to call it a back marker team out of respect to those guys but but i mean he's, he's in a situation this year where he just doesn't have competitive equipment underneath him like he needs so he's hungry and then you know, we're, a big element of what we're trying to do at Trackhouse is 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 have a, a, a part of this business that that tells us that tells a, a bigger story about America and tells a bigger story about you know that what it means to be American and what what it means to live in a land of opportunity like this. Daniel came to America, you know, as as basically the only Latino driver in NASCAR with nothing but a dream, and through grit and determination and talent and hard work, he got himself to the very tip top of the sport. And that's an incredible story and it plays well with what Trackhouse is trying to do from a STEM initiative, from a community outreach uh, initiative. And I think it differentiates our brand a little bit and it's something we can really lean into and, and promote. And, and um, you know, I think it, like I said, differentiates us. And I think it, we've, we've had some, some really fantastic uh, conversations with companies that are interested in partnering with us. And, um, and I'm excited. I mean, he's, he's an incredibly talented driver. He's a great guy, a great human being, and he's hungry and he's ready to prove to everybody he can do this job. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we've got a new 48 Stories and This Week in NASCAR History. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me? Excuse me? Oh, sorry. Excuse me? Mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been the sounds of the old world. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey guys, I'm Corey Joy. If you want honest opinions about everything NASCAR and much more, listen to Sunday Money. Lauren Fox and Daryl Mott join me every week, and nothing is off limits. I'm sorry, has your life not gotten better since we've gotten closer, or has it gotten worse? It's my job to put our team in the best position to get a good finish. Join our conversations, we give our real opinions, no holding back on our show. Listen to Sunday Money. I don't need an investor, Daryl. I'm an independent woman. I use my own husband's money. Right here on the Motor Racing Network or wherever you find podcasts. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, the races are limited for Jimmy Johnson, but we're still celebrating the seven-time Cup Series champion with our 48 stories. Here's a brand-new episode on the year that he won his fifth in a row. Jimmy Johnson's 2010 championship was his most challenging one to date as he battled Denny Hamlin down to the final race of the year. The 10-race playoff battle started with Hamlin seated first and Johnson second. Race one was at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Denny Hamlin kicked things off with a second-place run, while Jimmy Johnson stumbled out of the gate with a disappointing 25th-place finish. The poor showing dropped Johnson to sixth in the standings, nearly 100 points out of the lead. The next week at Dover International Speedway, Johnson rebounded with his sixth win of the year. It's chase time, and Jimmy Johnson and the Lowe's team are going to victory lane. That's how they roll. He'll pick up the win today in the trip. The win returned Jimmy to second place in the playoff standings. Race three was at Kansas Speedway. Johnson crossed the finish line in second, while Hamlin finished 12th. The strong run put the 48 team on top of the standings, but only by eight points. Next stop was Auto Club Speedway of Southern California. Jimmy turned in another strong run with a third-place finish and pulled away from Hamlin by 36 points. The Cup Series moved back to the East Coast to the Charlotte Motor Speedway for race number five. Jimmy Johnson was on the podium again, another third-place run, while Hamlin finished close behind in fourth. Just when it started to look like the 48 team was going to run away with another championship, the tides turned when Denny Hamlin won at Martinsville Speedway. Checkered flag set to fly, season high, seventh win of the year, third in a row at Martinsville, Denny Hamlin wins the Tums Fast Relief 500. Johnson finished fifth and held on to the point lead, but only by six tallies. From the shortest oval track on the schedule to the biggest and fastest, the Cup Series checked into the Talladega Super Speedway for race seven. Both teams avoided trouble and walked away with top ten finishes. With three races remaining, the Cup Series moved to the Texas Motor Speedway. Denny Hamlin took the checkered flag for the eighth time on the season and the second time in the playoffs. Jimmy Johnson was now in unfamiliar territory. He was trailing by 33 points with only two races to go. From Texas, the series moved west to the Phoenix Raceway. Hamlin was on point again, leading the most laps, but had to stop for fuel with 14 laps to go. Hamlin, your championship point leader, slides the green and black Toyota Camry to a stop, and they're going to change tires. Looks like right side's definitely for Denny Hamlin. Johnson conserved enough fuel to get to the end of the race and cut the deficit to 15 points. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Homestead Miami Speedway in Homestead, Florida, where the eyes of NASCAR Nation firmly focused this afternoon for what promises to be one of the most dramatic final races in the history of NASCAR. For the final race at Homestead Miami Speedway, Jimmy Johnson faced a different challenge than he did in his previous four championships. To win their fifth in a row, Jimmy and the 48 team would have to come from behind, an effort that got a boost when Denny Hamlin qualified 37th 
and found trouble early in the run. Trouble on the back straightaway. Oh. Denny Hamlin has spun off turn number two, slid through the grass, but has the car going back in the right direction, Mike Fagley. Yes, he does, Joe. He is back under power, and back to pit road he will come. There is no damage. Hamlin struggled to a 14th place finish, while Johnson brought the low Chevrolet home in the runner-up spot. And Jimmy Johnson wrote history last year by winning a fourth consecutive championship. He'll do it again today by winning a fifth in the 62 years of this sport, there's only been 28 champions. There's only been two that have won more than you, Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty. What do you think about that? We'll try again next year. I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I have one of these things, <laughs> let alone five. Uh, but we'll, we'll be back next year and we'll try again. I've got a lot of years ahead of myself and a great race team. And um, I, I don't know if I can catch those legends out there, but we'll sure try. This has been 48 Stories with Jimmy Johnson. Thank you, Kurt Becker. You can hear more 48 Stories with Jimmy Johnson on MRN.com. It's that time of the week, my friends. It's time for This Week in NASCAR History. Here is our Susie Armstrong. Thanks, Mike. Today we oogie boogie back to 1976. Disco was king. And the Bee Gees, Donna Summer, and Grace Jones were holding court. Incumbent President Gerald Ford took his case to the court of public opinion as he battled Jimmy Carter for electoral votes. Evil Knievel was jumping matchbox cars in playrooms everywhere. The Evil Knievel stunt cycle comes with figure, winder, GT wheelie stand, and front flip bar. New from ID. And Donnie Allison leapt to the lead in the final 27 circuits to take the checkers in the National 500 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, here comes the winner, Donnie Allison. He's crossed the start-finish line, gets the checkered flag, and a jubilant Donnie Allison immediately pops his arm out the window and begins to wave to the fans here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. 1998, funny man the late Richard Pryor garners the first Mark Twain prize for American humor. Tim McGraw was mowing down the competition on country radio with Where the Green Grass Grows. And Dale Jarrett collected a little green at the end of the day, leading the final 13 laps in the Winston 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. Jarrett's car handling so very well. Also has that Robert Yates power. Here comes Jarrett off the low side of the racetrack. Nobody can challenge him. They can't draw close enough. One more shot through the trioval. Gordon and Terry Labonte close in. Here they come to the final corner. Jarrett protects the bottom side. Gordon tries to get up underneath him. He'll not do it. Dale Jarrett will win the Winston 500. Look at this photograph. 2005. Canadian rock band Nickelback had all the right reasons to celebrate as Photograph flashes to number one. American soap opera Desperate Housewives and supernatural sci-fi drama Lost have Y2K viewers hooked in primetime. And Mark Martin was hooked up in the heartland, driving the Roush Fenway Racing Ford to victory lane for the final time at Kansas Speedway. Mark Martin is bringing forward to victory lane today in the Banquet 400, his first victory of the 2005 season. He will win the Banquet 400 at Kansas Speedway. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. Appreciate that as always. Also, our thanks to Matt Crafton of the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series. And also our thanks to Justin Marks, soon-to-be car owner, in the NASCAR Cup Series. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you for joining us as well, and we'll catch up with you next week here again on NASCAR Live. Until then, enjoy the racing weekend at Kansas, and so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength.
And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Rich Culbreth. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.